0: And in the evening services, we are following a series about encounters that Jesus had with different persons and Today, we are going to visit an old pool in Jerusalem where hundreds of disabled people used to lay waiting for a miracle in their lives from God. In the passage we 'll read today we 'll see Jesus going back to Jerusalem to a Jewish festival. Uh, he had been previously in Jerusalem on different occasions and uh, the Bible records that time when uh, he went during the Passover and he went first to the temple and he got a bit upset because he saw people there like selling and doing business and uh, and he didn't like to see his father's house, the temple in Jerusalem, turn into a market, says in uh, John 2.16. Uh, we can see Jesus as a child discussing also there with with teachers there and asking questions and uh, asking people, being amazed of his wisdom. Um, and now here in this passage, we are um, having a look today. He's going back to Jerusalem for another festival. The Bible doesn't say what festival. It was a Jewish festival, although we don't know exactly which one. Um, but um, but the Bible puts its uh, focus, in Jesus going to visit this this pool in Jerusalem where many people that were ill. Looking for a miracle, so it's, it's it's interesting for us to to think that the two main things in our life should be first God and second people. We see Jesus first going to the temple the first time, um, and now the second time we see Jesus going back to Jerusalem to another festival, and now he's interested in the people that are in need. He goes uh, where those uh, are looking for healing and, and those who are in need, and Jesus goes there. So if we have those two things in our lives, first, God, second, people. Love God with all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself. I think that's the way to to live as a Christian. And Jesus is our example. The temple and the people, the people in need. So if you uh, go with me to John 5, 1 to 18, I think, uh, can we we have it there? Because it's a bit long passage. It's from, it's 18 verses from 1 to 18. Yeah, if you have the new King James version, yeah, you can. Actually, because it's a bit long, I need your help. So we can read it together. So we will do what people in the churches in Korea do. Uh, they do. Uh, uh, the preacher reads one verse, then the congregation the second verse, then the preacher the next one. And we read like that. That's the way they do it in Korea. <laughs> yeah. So I will start with the first verse. You go with the second, and then I go with the third, and the fourth. Yeah. OK, so after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now you read the second,
1: yeah. near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is called and which is surrounded by five
0: In this lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water.
1: Time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters, the first one into the pool, after which such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease he happen.
0: Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years.
1: When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him. Do you want to get
0: well? The sick man answered, answered him, Sir, I have no, no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me.
1: Then Jesus, Jesus said, said to him, rise, Get us, pick up, pick up the mat, and walk. walk.
0: And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath.
1: And so the Jews said, who have you been healed? Is it a Sabbath that the Lord forbids you to carry your mat? He
0: answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk.
1: So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to take up your mat and walk?
0: But the one who was healed didn't know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, a multitude being in that place.
1: To Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you, you are well again. Well. Stop no sitting, something worse may happen to you.
0: The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working.
1: This reason is that you were supposed to try all the father to kill him. Not only was he breaking this Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father.
0: OK, thank you. More, more or less, yeah. <laughs> we managed to. I think we were reading for, from two different versions. Yeah. <laughs> but this one, yeah. But uh, yeah, but you have the picture of, of the text, what is going on here so this uh this passage of the healing of the pool if you yeah, can go to the powerpoint the healing of the pool of bethesda is very interesting for many reasons so today we'll try to have a look to some of these reasons and um the first thing to mention is that for centuries for centuries uh no one knew about a pool in bethesda um and since the Gospel of John is the only gospel and the only place in the Bible where that pool is mentioned, many scholars thought that it was made up by John, that actually he has added there in his gospel, uh, because this is the only place in the Bible where we see the pool of Bethesda and uh, the other evangelists, the, uh, the other gospel they don't talk about. This is only in the Gospel of John. So, so yeah, we have this story... Uh, there in chapter 5 of uh, John. Um, and But suddenly, in the year 1888, so it's not a long time ago, it's only 130, 40 years ago, the German archaeologist Conrad Schick found an ancient pool in Jerusalem with five porches as the one described in the Gospel of John. On. Therefore, one more time, the Bible showed that it's historically accurate. <laughs> and, and this is amazing because so many times the Bible disproved those who tried to disprove the Bible. Uh, and this, this was, uh, again, the same thing. We can, we can trust our Bibles because, um, because we can trust the God of the Bible. We can trust the God who inspired the Bible. We know that he is the living God, and we know that our God doesn't lie. So if this story wasn't the Bible, this is because it's something that really happened. This is a historical fact and historian archaeologists finally eventually they found that pool in Jerusalem um, yeah so so yeah so I think you saw the yeah, how how the the pool looks so this is this is how how it looks today so they are just uh, so the water was down there and it's five uh there is, I think they're still working around there but that's that's the pool of Bethesda. so if we go to the next uh, and this is how it was in the first century, Jerusalem. So you have there the temple, Antonia, and then you have the Pool of Bethesda here. There's another pool. That actually, it's like two pools together. Uh, but that was where the Pool of Bethesda was, in that, in that place. So uh, what is going on in this pool? What is happening there? <laughs> if we, yeah. If we, the Pool of Bethesda was a kind of healing center. An angel of God, the Bible says, that went down at certain times and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first was made well of whatever disease he had, says the, uh, verse 4. In the Bible, we can see different ways in which God uh, chose to heal people. In this occasion, it's through the intervention of an angel. Nevertheless, we need to be aware that the healing power uh, in this pool comes from God Himself. It, it came from God Himself, so um, God was sending that angel. But actually, it, it, it wasn't the power of the angel Himself. It's the it's the power that comes from God. He is the Lord who heals, as we read in Exodus fifteen twenty six. So God is is the real healer. Sometimes God uh, allows people Christians to pray for others and they are healed. Sometimes here we see an angel. Sometimes different ways. But but the the healer is God himself. So it's not when Christian people pray for other than healers. It's not the people, it's God Himself. He's the power of God. And in this occasion God was um uh, using this angel to heal people in this pool. So yeah if we go to the next slide. So Bethesda, yeah Bethesda means um house of mercy. That's the meaning of Bethesda. So I don't know what 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 you think about this story? Um, but uh for me, something that was really shocking of this story, uh, um, I've been a Christian for a few years now, but uh, I remember some years ago that uh, I was really struggling with something in this story. And it's when Jesus approaches this man, and he says, do you want to be well? <laughs> I didn't understand. I really struggled with that. It's like, I don't understand, Jesus. Why are you asking this man if he wants to be well? He's He's been there for 38 years. He's trying to be yeah, to be well. He's trying to be healed. So, why? Why are you coming to him and you ask him, do you want to be well? What's going on? And and I, I don't know if you have had this theme before, uh, when you read something in the Bible and you don't understand, but you trust the God of the Bible and you say that you are missing something and that God wants to say something, although you are not sure what is going on. And I, I have, that has happened to me a few times when I, I come to the Bible. And, and And I think the best thing we can do, apart of doing our own research, we can pray and we can ask God, I would like to know what you mean here because I don't understand what is going on here. Uh, For me, it seems quite obvious that this man wants to be healed. So why are you asking him if he wants to be well? And I did that with this passage some years ago with this question. Um, I I pray, say, and I was struggling with God a bit about that. Uh, Why are you asking this man if he wants to be healed? Um, Can you help me to understand? And then after starting a little bit, something came to my heart. I think that God opened up my, my heart to, to understand something that I've, I figured a piece about that. So I think that that may be the meaning. So, and I think this this invalid man, he was so focused on the waters to be stirred up for 38 years by an angel that at that point, he's not aware that the Son of God is in front of him, that Jesus himself the source of power, is in front of him, the one that really heals. And Jesus needs to ask that question so the man can be refocused. Because the vision of the man was so focused on the pool that even when Jesus comes in front of him, he's still looking at the pool. He's like, Jesus said, hey, I'm here. Do you want to be well? Change your focus. Look at me. Because at the end of the day, it's not about the pool. It's not about the angel. It's about Jesus. Can you look at me? Can you, can you refocus? And, and that's what I understood. Uh, and that's what I think God was, uh, told me. When, uh, and, I th- uh, and I think that's something that is a relevant, relevant message for us as a church today, for Christian people. too. Um, because I'm afraid that very often we Christians, we have the same problem that is invalid man. We are happy to be around christian things we are happy to listen to christian music we are happy reading christian books attending to christian meetings watching christian films listening to christian sermons and so on and on and on nevertheless there is a danger that we may be so focused on those things that we may lose the focus of what really matters what really matters is jesus himself and and i think we, we we may have the same problem that this invalid man had. He was 38 years so focused in something that was from God. God was providing healing, and that was something from God. God sending an angel, but this man was losing his focus. He needed to be refocused again. And I think we Christians we need to be aware of this, and we need we need to to be focused in Jesus. And if if for whatever reason we feel that we are to focus on some other things, we may need uh, help from God and to uh, move a bit our head and look to Jesus. And, and the way, I think the way to do it is just, is just going back to the basics. We need a devotional uh, and a regular private time with Jesus, face to face, having time with him, where we can read the Bible, where we can talk to, to Jesus, um, where we can gaze upon his beauty. And um, I think we, we need to go back to the basics sometimes as, as Christian. In Psalm 27, 4, uh, we read, One thing I ask from the Lord, this one do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek and to seek him in his temple. Um, that's the question for us. That's for us today. Are we gazing on the beauty of the Lord? Are we seeking him or are we to focus in other things, even to focus in Christian things that distract our attention from Jesus himself? If that's the case, uh, we need to refocus our eyes on Jesus. Because if Jesus is in the pool, we don't need any angel to stir up the waters. Because Jesus, he is the real source of healing, not only physical healing, if he wishes, But also spiritual healing, if he wish, and we spiritual healing if we wish to approach him. Because something I'm gonna mention later is that God always he always wants to heal us spiritually. Although uh, physical healing is something that uh, we don't see that is always his will. Sometimes he has mercy and he does it, and sometimes he doesn't. For but. Spiritual healing is something that, we, we, when we come to God, that, that's something he always wills to do. So we go to the... Uh, who's working? So another thing that draws my attention from this text is that although many people here were searching for healing, for physical healing at the Pool of Bethesda, Jesus chose to heal only one person. So uh, maybe like hundreds and hundreds of people there Uh, coming and going coming and going and but Jesus approached only one person and again it's it's fair to us why this one and not other one why not healing five why not healing all of them because we we see uh, other places in the Bible where Jesus heals all of them or everyone that came to him but here he says that he only heals this person and the truth is that we don't know (laughs) the Bible doesn't say (laughs) On this occasion, Jesus only healed one person, and in a, another occasion, Jesus healed many people or or, or everyone that was around him. Um, um, yeah, the next one, please. Yeah, yeah, so we have. So in, in Romans 9, 14, 16, we can read, What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. So then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. So this is something from God. This is a God attribute. It belongs to God. He has mercy on whomever he wants to have mercy, and sometimes, for whatever reasons, he doesn't heal. Sometimes he heals, and sometimes he doesn't. He encourages encourages to pray for healing, for physical healing, but we should be aware that God is, um, he, will, he will have mercy on whoever he, he has and, and he may heal or he may not heal. So at this time, in this, in this pool, Jesus showed to heal this person. And I don't know if some of you were here last week, but uh, Pastor Phil also shared a, uh, about his visit uh, to Nepal When he went to visit Sam and Hannah uh, recently, some weeks ago, and they met this this man in Nepal that his whole life he was um, handicapped, he he couldn't walk. And they said that he prayed to Jesus for healing, for physical healing, and said that uh, within one month he, he recovered the strength of his legs. So little by little, he. He, he is walking now and, and he's been healed by, by Jesus. And now he's working, he's helping Sam and Hannah there in Nepal. So, in this occasion, Jesus showed mercy to this man. Some years ago, uh, I, I was involved with the work of um, Operation Mobilization, OM, for a few summers um, in Germany. And I used to go to Germany for a uh, conference for, for young young people and I used to help with the translation team, translating for Spanish and I used to be part of the prayer team too and one day, one thing we uh, we did is that one day, one day of the week we'll go to the streets the city there in whatever city we were in Germany usually it was Offenburg or Oldenburg and we'll offer prayer for people in the middle of the streets and I don't speak German but but we still pray for people there and and we pray for many people and it was for four summers and we pray for physical healing and we pray for all other stuff but in those four years I we we only saw one physical healing why that person I don't know God chose to heal that person it was somebody also with some uh, problem on her uh, feet that were twisted that person that person didn't know English or German, I think she was a Hungarian woman, but she saw that we were praying for people and she came she asked prayer and some from the team was praying for her. she started crying as she felt the presence of God coming into her life. and her feet started shaking there and her feet that were twisted came back well again on the spot. It was like that. And then she walked hill. Um, I've been 20 years a Christian. I think that only happened once in my life as a Christian praying for people. (laughs) So it's not something very common, but it may happen because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He healed in the past. He he can heal today. He can heal tomorrow. Why that person, why no others? I don't know. Jesus shows mercy to whomever he wills. But something that I have learned from this experience is that that God still heals physically today if he wants. He's the God who made our bodies. Um, he can heal our bodies of infirmities if he wishes. But I'm also aware that very often God chooses not to heal physically our bodies. And it's not necessarily for lack of faith on our side, but for other reasons that he may have. We can see the example of Paul in the Bible, that we cannot doubt of his faith in God. Nevertheless, he says that he prayed for three times that God will heal him, that God will remove a thorn from his flesh and God said I'm not going to heal you physically um, uh, because I want to show my glory in your weakness so there God gives the reason why he doesn't heal him physically some other times God doesn't tell us the reason but he just choose not not to do it so I think we have to to, to walk as a as a Christian with with that uh with that tension we know our God can heal physically but we should know that sometimes he chooses not not to heal physically um, maybe you have prayed for people to be physically healed or others have prayed for you to be healed, but healing hasn't arrived. But, uh, yeah, I would like to encourage you to to take courage because what we know, that if physical healing doesn't happen in this life, it will happen in the coming life because one day we'll be in heaven and all of us will be instantly transformed. Yeah? And Psalm 103, 2 and 3 says, Bless the Lord of my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. So one day, we know that all our diseases will be healed by Jesus, Um, but we may wait. We may need to wait until heaven. Uh, Some of us may may be healed physically before, but I think for the most of us, if we have some uh, physical problem, that will be in heaven for the most of us god can still heal today physically if he wants so um well so until now we've been focusing the heal uh, physical healing but reading the bible going through the bible it seems quite clear through the whole scriptures that god is more interested in our spiritual healing than in our physical healing um yeah we go to the next one Yep. Yeah think. And after healing this invalid man of Bethesda, later on, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see no more, in verse 14. For Jesus, the spiritual healing of this man was more important than his physical healing. For Jesus, our souls are more important than our bodies, although our bodies are important. But for him, the priority is to be reconciled with us. Um, through the sacrifice that he did on the cross. For him, the priority is spiritual healing. We can see different examples of this through the New Testament, where Jesus forgives people of their sins and encourages, encourages them to stop sinning. For example, the story of another poetic man that we can read in Matthew 9. When I, actually, we are going there. Let's have a look. It's in Matthew chapter 9. From It's another... Um, Another account where Jesus heals a person, too. Matthew chapter 9, yeah. From verse 1. said Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, get up, take up your mat, and go home. And the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God, who had given such authority to men. So this is another account of someone who's paralytic and... is healed by physically, but actually, what Jesus does first of all is said, "Your sins are forgiven." So I, I wonder again. It's like uh, sometimes it's, it's shocking that the way uh, Jesus acts here, and uh, we can see everyone is waiting f- for a physical healing, everyone is looking, and Jesus says, "Your sins are forgiven." Um, actually, that's the priority for Jesus. He wants to forgive our sins. He wants to. To give us the opportunity to come back to the Father, to be reconciled, to be healed spiritually. But because people didn't trust, who is this man who says your sins are forgiven? Say, so, okay, to show you that I have the power to heal you inside your heart, I'm gonna show you an external proof. So get up and walk. So to show you I can do change things inside your heart, I'm gonna show you I'm gonna show you by healing your physical body too. So if Jesus wants, he can heal our physical bodies, but his priority is our soul, our spirit. That's his priority. Then there is this other story. Do you remember when the Pharisees brought to Jesus a woman that has been caught in the very act of adultery? Jesus said to her, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. So he's uh forgiving this this lady that was just caught in the act of adultery and is giving her a second chance, a second opportunity. So why why the spiritual healing is the priority for Jesus? Why is it the priority? Well, um, in a different occasion, uh, Jesus also said, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his own soul? In Matthew 16, 26, That's where the real battle lies. There is a battle for our souls. And that's what really matters for God. That's the because our souls are eternal. Our body is gonna change. It's gonna be transformed. The Bible says that God will give us new bodies. But our souls are eternal and our soul either goes to heaven or it goes to hell. And that's that's where the real battle lies for our souls. That's the priority for Jesus because he wants to save our souls he wants to heal our souls we can have a perfect physical health we can gain the whole world but if by doing so we lose our souls that will be meaningless Jesus is interested first of all in our souls because he is the lover of our souls the one who loves us with an everlasting and a faithful love the Bible says that's the way God loves us I have loved you with an everlasting and, and a faithful love and, and the good news are that spiritual healing, uh, the restoration of our souls, is available for anyone that comes to Jesus with a contrite heart in repentance. And I think this is quite liberating. This should be quite liberating for us as Christians, that God doesn't promise physical healing during this life, but he is committed to spiritual healing. Um, if we go to the this one. In Psalm fifty-one, seventeen, we can read this. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and, a, and contrite heart of oh God you will not despise. God is committed that if we come to him with a broken spirit, with a contrite heart, he will not despise us. And he will heal our souls, he will heal our spirits. God is committed to that. There is forgiveness of sins in Jesus. There is a spiritual healing and restoration in His name, and that's for everyone that comes to the cross. That's not if God wishes, maybe maybe not. That's not like the physical healing. That's for everyone that comes to the cross can be healed spiritually, can be can come back to God. That's the priority for Jesus, and God doesn't reject a broken and contrite heart. So. I will like to encourage you today to, to come back again to Jesus with a contrite heart. And and if you haven't done it yet, today can be the first time. God is committed to accept you if you come with a contrite heart to the cross. And as for his forgiveness, he's not going to reject reject you. He will give you he will heal your soul and your spirit. And if you are already a Christian, Maybe today can be uh, a good time also to recommit ourselves to refocus our eyes from and to be focusing Jesus because that's 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 the real that's what really matters. So this is what God has put in my heart f- for today, and we close with a with a prayer. Now. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Father, because you don't despise a contrite heart. Thank you, Father, because you are committed to spiritual healing, to the restoration of our souls, to anyone that comes to you. And we want to ask today also for forgiveness, Father, if we've been too focused in many things that put our eyes uh, aside from you, Jesus. Help us to be refocused in you, Jesus. Help us to, to walk close to you, Um, help us to be fully available to you help us to have that regular uh, private devotional time where we can talk to you where we can listen uh, from you through your word Um, help us to be the men and women that you want your church to be help us to be people that glorify your name people that edify your church and people that bless others in your name so everyone may know you are a living God. And we, we want to pray for this city of Bradford, Father, that uh, that uh, Road Mission will be a lighthouse uh, for this new building, Father. This is a prayer that has been many years in the heart of our elders, but it's because it comes from your heart. We pray that it will be a lighthouse here in Bradford where many people will be healed spiritually, uh, where they will come back to the Father. And where we, they will acknowledge that you are alive, that you are real, Jesus, that you died on the cross for their sins. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. If you'd like to remain seated, um, I'm going to sing Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Uh, we won't have the words on the screen, but this is just an opportunity for response for you. Um, perhaps it's spoken to you tonight um, about needing that spiritual healing. Um and this is a chance really for us to come before the Lord and, and look to Him for that. Um, hopefully we'll do that as the week goes on. But I'll give you a few minutes to do that and, and if it's if it's physical as well, we can ask the Lord to heal. Um if you'd like to be prayed for, maybe um maybe nudge someone next to you or um ask someone to pray for you if if you'd like that. Don't be afraid to um to ask to be prayed for but we'll just take a few minutes to, um, to think about what's been said.